0: And I felt um, strongly moved to uh, talk to us about how you're feeling, uh, which might be pretty frayed. And there's a great deal of fear and uncertainty in the world outside and also inside. And how on earth is this practice meant to help us? And so I've been working with this and thinking about this in a very practical way, a very practical way. And it's natural for us to search with our heads. We're searching for answers. We're searching for how to be more awake, how to be more free. But again and again, the direction is to come home, to come home to sensation, the sensation of being here exactly as you find yourself, not in a better Perfected state. This is a practice of acceptance, of making space for what is. And it doesn't stop there. And we discover as we really begin to take this instruction seriously. I will not reject my experience. I will not judge it and try to push it away that way. I will not declare that my experience should be replaced by a better experience. And that this is some disappointing lapse from a peak experience but to really and truly accept with a loving and interested attention what presents itself today, including our states of being intensely defended, frightened, reactive, angry, your practice is to make space for that just that that fatigue, that defendedness, that fear. And as we begin to do that, we begin to discover that we can find a state where our head, our heart and our body are closer together to one another. And this isn't a metaphor. It's like right now as you listen to me, just you're giving yourself your sensation, the attention to the sensation, and you're giving yourself permission to have whatever feeling state or mind state might be present, it's okay. It's okay, completely. And you're letting the attention of the head, even before we sit, you're letting the attention of the head soften into another kind of attention. It's not thinking. It's a kind of noticing, so that even with eyes open in the world, we're shifting something together. We're shifting, we're sinking into the center of ourselves, so that as we practice, we can begin to taste what it's like to come from the inside, not to be perpetually led by the thinking and by our reactivity. The promise of this practice, this I'm going to say something that's my personal theory, and it's completely unscientific. And I have no training as a therapist, and I know there are therapists in the house, a fair number of them. So this is my theory, that we're in a state of traumatic bonding with the world, with the whole world. We act as if everything that arises, our existence depends on it. Our identity depends on it. That we're searching for something that's out there. It's out there and we need to find it. Some better perfected Tracy or, you know, know, Ben, or we need it or we'll perish. And this is a practice for moment by moment small moments, introducing ourselves to how it can feel to come together into our new kind of wholeness, to be whole, so that we're not governing our lives in terms of what happens to us. Or what kind of feedback we get but from how we're in a relationship with how it feels to be here to be more whole and this is long slow work and I wanted to tell you a little micro story before we sit so Years and years ago, I um, was in a state of desolation and feeling like a failure. This is one of my strong suits. I have quite a lot of experience in this, and this was one. Some project had come to naught, and I had once again declared myself a failure. And, you know, like life was just rolling on and here was poor Tracy, you know, like washed up on the beach of life. And so I had, I went for a walk and I had this experience of just, there's a lake nearby casting all that off. Just for a moment, it was like Marley putting down his chains, just giving it up. Like, what? how would it feel? How good would it feel to just be, want to be a warm-hearted human being? And just that, one more pair of hands on the bucket brigade. I just gave up the whole project of being Tracy. I was done with it. And in that moment, I felt this extraordinary freedom. It just for a moment, it was like this life coming into me. And just by sheer coincidence, when I got home, back to my house, I got a phone call asking me if I wanted to go to the south of France to taste wine for a week. And out of the blue, because somebody had gotten sick, and it would be all paid for, and I had never done anything like this, but of course I said yes, and I had to leave in three days' time. So when my husband came home from work, commuted home, I said, I have to go to the south of France. And he said, and I'm sure one day you will, dear. (laughs) And I said, no, I have to go on Friday. You know, it's all paid for. And I, I couldn't help but make a connection between giving up and then you get a trip. And it never happened again. You know, I've tried and tried for 20 years. But I went to France and I traveled around these chateaus um, for tasting Coderone and I was a complete outsider though um, I was gonna write about it for the Oprah magazine. I was I was slated to have an epiphany. That was the that was the deal. And so my Companions who were just professional wine people were like, Oh my heavens, you're under much more pressure than we are. But the days went by, no epiphany. But finally, the last day, I was at Chateau Neuf de Pop and I was sick to death of wine. All I wanted was a Diet Coke. It was like a serpent of incredible wine. And I left the tasting in this castle, and I walked out on this field that was not soil. It was rock. It was rock. There was no earth. And there was someone from the chateau who was... um, one of the winemakers who said, come into the field and I will show you something. And he was cutting the leaves off a vine. And I can't remember the French term, but it means torturing the grapes. And all week long, I had been perplexed because the finer the chateau, the more they bragged about how terrible the irrigation was and how brutal the conditions were. And that was a mark of pride. So he showed me that he was tearing the leaves off and the the poor vine was pushing itself up through stone. And these were the Pope's vineyards. These were the best and he said, come with me. And we went to a wine cellar that was completely at earth and floor. And he began to whisper like we were in church. And I said, why are you whispering? And this cellar had bottles going back to the 1500s. It had some of Thomas Jefferson's wines and and he said I'm whispering because we don't know which of these wines are alive and which are dead and I said how do you tell how do you tell and he said it's a great mystery and we never know but we have learned That the wines, the grapes who suffer through the most difficult conditions, the wines that are harshest and most tannic when they're young are the ones that become the most beautiful and complex when they age. And naturally, I thought, aha, Oprah's going to love this. (laughs) But I never, ever forgot that story, because it's a true story. It's a true story. And it's something that winemakers know, that things that appear to be so terribly harsh and so cold. they also bragged in this region, they have la Mistral, these terrible punishing winds that will drive people mad. That people and wines that come through these conditions stand a chance of deepening and becoming beautiful. In a way, the people and wines that have wonderfully easy conditions, lots of irrigation, lots of fertilizer, no ups and downs, they can't possibly achieve. Something opens in the face of difficulty and suffering, and it opens. And as we do this slow, quiet work together of coming together, coming together inside, body, heart, and mind to embrace our experience. And I just wanted to read a couple of lines from Rilke um, I want to unfold. Nowhere I wish to stay crooked and bent, for there I would be dishonest and untrue. I want my conscience to be true before you. I want to describe myself like a picture I observed for a long time. One close up, like a new word I learned and embraced, like the everyday jug, like my mother's face, like a ship that carried me along through the deadliest storm. Together, we're practicing making a container. To hold our experience, not from the head alone, but from a greater wholeness that makes an alchemy. Like grapes make wine. Like grapes make wine. So let's sit together. And take a comfortable seat and get really doing what you like to do to feel comfortable. Um, you can turn the camera off or leave it on and and sit as straight as you can, but notice how it feels to give yourself permission to be exactly
1: as you are.
0: And notice that your attention itself is, is something that softens us. Softens us so that your experience, no matter how harsh, becomes worthy of gentle attention and complete unconditional welcome. You're welcome to be exactly. As you are. And notice that the stillness begins to open you. Giving you permission to relax and begin to unfold. And notice that this stillness is no absence, it's full. and see that there's no part of you that's not welcome.
1: No pain, no feeling
0: that can't be touched by an attention that doesn't judge. And see that when you stray into thinking, and you will, it's natural. You can gently bring the attention home again to the sensation of sitting here, breathing, sensing, open. As that presence begins to appear inside and outside. notice that there's a vibration inside you, literally a vibrancy. is that no matter what your state, you can give yourself to an attention that doesn't judge, that receives the whole of your experience. No matter what your state, however lost or restless, you can come home, open, and rest
1: in awareness.
0: And notice how it feels to be completely acceptable. Just like this. Notice that we're getting more grounded as we come home, and also more porous or in relationship with life, the life around us and inside us. Allowing yourself to be touched by presence, by stillness. Let everything be touched by the light of an attention that receives and sees without judgment.
1: With kindness. With love.
0: And I just want to encourage you to trust this process of accepting, of seeing, and including. And it's precisely those moments that we've all had where you find yourself having a thought, or a feeling that's like, oh, I can't believe I'm having this murderous thought in here. It's that thought, that feeling, bringing this gentle, including attention, refusing to reject, that makes the greatest wines. And just to have a little bit of faith that this might be so. That that very thing that you feel you should push away, that trait of yours, that temper, or that sensitivity, and people tell you you're too sensitive, or too intense, or too something. That it's exactly there. Exactly, there that this action of allowing can bring the most surprising results, bring treasure, wisdom, compassion. So Thank you for listening to me and your practice. And if you have a question or an observation, I'd be so happy to hear it.
1: Or stillness.
0: And we have each other. We have the Dharma, the Buddha, the Sangha. We're not we're not alone. We're not alone. We have this common wish. And we're here to discover that life is with us and supports us. It really is. And, and it, it can't be so easily taken from us. So let's sit to dedicate our practice. And so we sit and we close our eyes just for a moment. And really feeling gratitude for this practice and that we found each other and the Dharma and the Buddha. And with gratitude towards ourselves, we experiment. With the wish, may I be safe, even if I don't feel safe. May I be well.
1: May I be happy, truly happy. May I be
0: free. And we notice that this wish, this Radiance inside us doesn't stop with our skin. It it goes out. It flows out. It shines out. And so we let it shine out, keeping our sensation of ourselves. We wish for others around us, our beloveds, and our community. May we be safe, and at ease, and free. And we don't let it stop there. We let it shine out farther still with a feeling of of joy. And even in our community, we let our let this wish go out to our community, knowing that we have people from different cities, from Hawaii, from Scotland, that, that we're, we're capable of letting this shine, this wish to all of us. May we all be safe and free from danger and harm. May we be well. May we be at ease in our lives. May we be free. And just taking a second to notice that we have company. company. we're, We're not alone. How wonderful. And then we let this wish flow out of us to embrace the whole world, all beings, known and unknown, always including ourselves, sensing ourselves in the center. And letting this radiance go out to all plants and all creatures and all animals and minerals and people everywhere, including ourselves, smack dab in the center of life, may we all be safe and free to thrive. May we have the conditions we need to live and unfold to our highest potential. May We all be at ease in our lives and be free, completely in every way free.